Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market closed for the day, the biggest movers and companies to watch. But first, as always, a quick recap of how we started the day. Closing Bell Well, Singapore shares started the day on a positive note following overnight gains in the US and in Europe. In early trade, we do see the Straits Times Index inching up 0.4% to 3,236 points after some 60 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark STI closed down uh, 0.09% at 3,220 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 964 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 291 versus 254. Top advances for the day, we do have Jardin Cycle and Carriage, Hopa and Kongguan. And top decliners for today, we have New Incorporation USD, DBS and Cortina. In terms of companies to watch for the day, we do have Guacoland because the Real Estate Group posted yesterday a 54.5% decline in net profit to $148 million for the second half year ended June and elsewhere from Country Garden issuing 270 million Hong Kong dollars of shares to pay loans to the investability of China and the outlook on the safe haven goal. We've got more international headlines for you today. And joining us on the line is Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hi, good evening, Tian. Great to have you. And let's start with the usuals. How did the STI close for today and any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers and the sectors they lie in? Sure. When it comes down to the SCI performance today, I think it's pretty much flattish. I think SCI has been uh, consolidating at uh, 3,220 points, uh, aligned with other Asian markets that has also consolidated. Uh, as with, uh, I think, last week, uh, earlier this week, we have seen that China proposing the stamp duty cards for HS. I think uh, equity markets have done fairly well for the week, and it's right now consolidating midweek. I think when it comes down to surprises for the STI, we have seen surprises for the REITs in uh, REIT sector um, that have shown quite a lot of resilience and in fact outperformance today, especially for counters like Fraser's Logistics Commercial Trust, hmm. Maple, Maple Tree Industrial Trust, uh, Capital Land Ascenders, and uh, Capital Land uh, Integrated uh, Commercial Trust. Hmm. So I think we believe that investors right now are positioning, I think, to if there's confirmation that global central banks are pausing on their interest rate trajectory mm-hmm. or even reversing uh, into 2024. So we believe that there's a high probability for the S rates to actually perform well uh, against uh, other cycles. We have seen that is probably the case where uh, the uh, interest rate starts to cool. And right now with 10 years above, uh, 10 year US Treasury at above 4%, mm-hmm. I think much pessimism for S rates have uh, probably been priced in. Mm. And aside from S REITs, let's take a look at some developers here in Singapore. And Jeremy, we have Guacoland. Uh, the real estate group posted yesterday a 54.5% decline in net profit to about $148 million for the second half ended June. Does that signal any greater woes for property developers here, especially after Oxley's results out just recently as well? Well, if you look at Guacoland's result, I think the actual revenue actually increased by 60% to a record mm-hmm. high in terms of uh, the development and investment revenues. And in fact, operating profits also increased by 39%, uh, despite the high interest costs. 
So I think the decline in profits uh, on the surface is actually attributed to impairment charges, in particular to subsidiary Echo World International that uh, was impacted by weaker conditions in UK. Mm. But other than that, I think the development por- uh, portfolio for Gokoland, uh, especially for Gokoland Goko Tower and Goko Midtown, I think mm. it's expected to remain quite resilient uh, in Singapore given its high-grade property portfolio. Uh, I think that could actually weather the storm given that Goko Midtown right now has 85% pre-commitment that is actually being taken up. Mm. So with regards to development property, I think Goko Land actually focuses on the premium segment of uh, the residential real estate. That could come at a bit of risk uh, with regards to uh, some of the recent cooling measures and the high borrowing costs uh, that may probably put uh, some of the uh, overseas investors uh, at bay currently. Mm. So, but however, I think the property portfolio for Goko Land, especially for the development portfolio, with regards to Mayor Mansion, Midtown Modern, yep. Lantern Modern, all has been substantially sold. Mm. And from Singapore, Jeremy, let's head over to China uh, and take a look at Country Garden. It is planning to issue 270 million Hong Kong dollars or around 46.5 million Sing dollars of new shares to pay off loans uh, as it faces a cash crunch. Do we foresee more of such moves by Chinese developers as well? Sure, if you look at the sales of the top 100 developers across the last couple of months, that has already fallen by over one third. So I think real estate companies in China, uh, I think, continue to find uh, it very difficult to find sources of capital in the debt capital markets that has actually uh, fallen drastically with the rising credit spreads. Uh, Right now, it's actually resorting to the equity markets to raise capital. Mm. I think without sufficient capital going forward, I think the Chinese developers right now are in a downward spiral, struggling to get capital to complete uh, homes and even pay off debt. And in fact, confidence actually has been uh, really shaken. Uh, what we have seen, uh, not only on uh, uh, also not only on Country Garden, but also mm. Evergrande falling for bankruptcy protection in the US. Uh, if we seen, uh, if we see that uh, on the government side, I think there hasn't been a lot of uh, intervention policies, in, in particular for the real estate sector, uh, mm. to really uh, short the confidence level. So I think uh, right now. Um, the Chinese developers still face immense risks as uh, what we have seen right now. Mm, and I guess raising equity to pay off loans, I am not too sure whether investors will buy that though, given that equity is the first one to be wiped off in any case, right? Yes, definitely. I think uh, the equity investors will uh, really at this stage uh, face dilution risk as well. Mm. Right, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. And Jeremy, let's talk a little bit more about the investability of China. I mean, uh, China has defended its business practices after U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said American firms had told her that China has become uninvestable. Now, in response, we know China pointed out that it is working to further ease market access for foreign companies. How would you read into this and what bearing will this have on the regular retail investor? I think we believe that, on the contrary, that the investability of China is actually improving on the top level, barring some uh, smaller setback on certain company-specific issues. I think uh, China right now has uh, really stepped up on their approvals to allow global banks, asset managers and other foreign financial companies to really start to expand in this uh, country and open up access. 
I think part of that, as we have seen, is the financial market opening up the uh, 51% foreign ownership cap that, that was actually been removed mm. uh, in 2020. And furthermore, I think with regards to the uh, Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, I think they have also granted full access to inspect uh, some of these Chinese companies that are listed on the U.S. So I think over the longer run, I think we should see China becoming taking strides to open up, opening up market access for foreign companies and also increasing that level of uh, transparency for investors uh, investing into the market. Mm. And uh, Jeremy, I have about just one and a half minutes to go. Two questions to get through uh, very quickly. Uh, on the currency front, we saw the Hong Kong dollar poised for its biggest monthly retreat since 1985. At the same time, the safe haven gold prices hovered at three weeks highs today. Which one stood out to you? Any thoughts? Well, uh, with regards to the uh, Hong Kong dollar continuing, uh, it's uh, probably its devaluation to, a, to the weaker band of its uh, pack. I think HKMA continues to want to defend the Hong Kong dollar currency. I think at this stage, uh, it's really a, 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 a case of an interest rate differential, given mm-hmm. that U.S. continue to remain higher for longer in terms of the interest rates. And as a result, H, uh, HKD continues to devalue, and uh, HKMA has to step in for now. And um, on your question on the gold prices, I think gold prices have also uh, hovered at three-week highs, uh, as you can see. Mm-hmm. I think the worst-case scenario of the rate hike cycle is probably coming to an end. As we know that gold is not an income generating asset, mm. uh, the price will appreciate, I think, uh, only right. when uh, comparative uh, yielding assets are starts to fall. So with uh, the worst case of interest rate cycle falling, I think we could expect gold prices to remain firm as well. And do know that also gold mm. is a very strong hedge against uh, volatility. Yeah. And we have seen the downgrade of sovereign ratings uh, for US from AAA to AA+. Plus. I think gold will still have its place to stay in terms of uh, that uh, safe haven uh, uh, nature of the uh, asset mm. cost. Thanks a lot for the insights, Jeremy. That was Jeremy Tan, CEO of Tiger Fund Management. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.